All right, um, we're going to continue with our series of Love, Equip, Send, and we're going to sort of get in a little parentheses, and I'll explain a little bit more, but let me start with a, a sort of what this is. For those who have, are fans of Star Wars, you have your original trilogy, you have, and then it went to 1, 2, 3, and then it went to uh, 7, 8, 9, right? But then they started coming out with some like side movies that's like Rogue Squadron, sort of fits in between three and four, right? So this is what we're going to be talking about today, sort of fits in between uh, equipped and send. And so that's sort of uh, where this, how, how to describe this message. And it's going to be on evangelism. And as we talk about equipping, we are equipped so that we can be sent out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so as we start today, and forgive me, um, I'm gonna, I printed off my verses here because with the lights and everything, um, this year I'm going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of turning 20. And, and, my, and my eyes, I'm just starting to realize sometimes I cannot read. <laughs> So uh, I have everything printed out here, and uh, I'm just going to be using that because it's a little bit bigger than what's in, in my Bible right now. Um, but we're going to be starting out and just talking about what it is we are sent to do. And open your Bibles with me, or you can read it on the screens. We're going to start in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And this is, we've talked about this, these verses recently, and you're going to continue to hear about this as we talk about what our mission is. And in verse 18, it says this, Then Jesus came to them all and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so this is the mission that we are on. Uh, this, what we are talking about here, this is the Great Commission. This is God's operating system. Uh, if you've heard Rob in the past, he has said, uh, humanistically speaking, this doesn't seem like a very good idea to entrust the message of the gospel with us. Like, really, humanity is the worst, right? Like, myself included. Like, we just fail all the time, but yet God has trusted us trusted us with his message. And so as we talk about this mission and, and, and the Great Commission, uh, let's go back um, to, and we're going to look in verse 19, and it says, therefore, go. And remember English class, and let's do a little di diagramming here. And just focusing on that word go, we, we know that that is an imperative tense. It is a command. It's something we must do. There's no option. It's go and make disciples of all nations. God's not, it's not a suggestion of what we need to do. And so how do we do it? And really, the word go there in the Greek is not just like go. And because if we read it like that, go, it means like we go and then we make disciples. But what the idea of this verb is in the Greek is, while you are going, you make disciples. And so don't think of this as something like, okay, when I finally arrive, then I can do it. No, this is on the way right now. 
It is evangelism, sharing the gospel, making disciples is every day. And that is living on a mission. And so as we think about this and we think about this command that we have, this order that we have, um, I, I just want you to think about it is imperative that we do this. And so I don't know about you, but I have kids that make excuses for why they obey. And actually, that's my first point. Stop making excuses for our disobedience. If this is something that we're commanded to do, and I am definitely talking to myself as, as well, why is it that we don't do it? What are the excuses that we make to still feel good about ourselves? And so in my house, I have kids, and I will ask them, nay, I will tell them to do something. And I will, I will put it in the form of a question first, just to sound polite, you know, hey, can you pick up your coat? Which is really polite saying, hey, pick up your coat, right? But then time will go on, and the coat is still there. And then I will say, hey, didn't I tell you to pick up your coat? Well, you asked me to pick up the coat. Yeah, pick it up. You know, and then I, it's still there, and then they start giving me all these things. But I was doing this; I was in the middle of this. I couldn't because of this, and they start telling me all their excuses. And one of my favorite things, when they start telling me why they're not obeying me, is I just sort of, uh, for, for the internet age people here, the, the Willy Wonka meme where he's like this, and it's like so. Again, tell me why all the reasons that you're disobeying me, you know? And then I get really condescending when I say that, and then they're like, and they go do it. And I just try to point out to them in a very, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever. It is what it is. But I use my sense of humor to sort of let them know, hey, everything that you're telling me right now is just weak and you disobeyed me like just stop with the excuses and just just do it please and sometimes we're sort of the same with god you know we are commanded to make disciples but we put excuses of why we don't do this and so let's look at some of them our excuses i'll just put them in a list and i think has everybody gotten the 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 handout if you don't have a handout we ran out of handouts Man, we, we, even, we even printed more. Anyways, we got uh, handouts you can follow along. If not, they're online. Um, and you can listen to this podcast later and follow along. But uh, here we have the first one is fear of being rejected. I don't like to hear no. I don't like to hear no at all. Uh, but that is something that we all deal with. Are you more concerned about what people think of you than what God thinks of you? Uh, when we are, the, the thing is, that's what happens a lot. We sort of, well, what are they going to think? And really, what is the worst that can happen today in Somerville, South Carolina, if we're sharing the gospel with someone? What is the worst they can do to us? Say, stop it. We don't face persecution for this. Around the world in other countries, if they profess Christ, that is a death sentence. So really, we do not have any face much persecution in the context that we are in. 
So really, what is there to be afraid of? In fact, uh, Galatians 1.10 says this, And now I'm try- am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Who are we trying to please? I know there's... It's, it's, uh, I love it when my kids do something to try to please me. I, I, I am ecstatic when they do that. And I just think of, of um, especially of doing hard things. I don't know if you've ever had a, a conversation with one of your kids or remember this when you were a child and you're facing some, something hard at school and then we've, had, we've offered advice to, to our kids to go, you know, go to school and try something hard and do it and they finally do and it's, it's incredible when they do. And that's sort of the same idea here is that when we do and we, it doesn't really matter what other people think, we are just trying to please God. And so that's the first uh, excuse that we make is the fear of being rejected. The second one is, I don't know how. I don't know how. And that could be valid, but let me try to say this. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that is enough. That is enough. Uh, it, I just want to say uh, this. The, the gospel is simple. It's simply this. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. That's it. And it reminds me of a, a, of a story in John where Jesus heals this, this blind man who was blind from birth. And as Jesus healed him, the Pharisees were not happy about it. And they try to, try to figure out, and they really want to get Jesus because uh, they're really messing up uh, this sort of idea of the... Uh, anyway, he's getting too pop. Anyway, it's a whole other story, but let me, let me stay focused on this. These Pharisees go and confront, and they're trying to figure out what is going on here. And this blind man, uh, speaking of... of of the healing of Jesus, the blind man replied, whether he is a sinner or not, speaking of Jesus, I don't know. One thing I do know is I was blind, but now I see. Then they, the Pharisees, asked him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple too? And I think that's, that's awesome because not only does this blind man, he's just saying, I, I, I don't know, Jesus, Jesus healed me, he changed my life. I don't get it, but that's what happened. And not only that, he finishes inviting the Pharisees to join him and become disciples and followers of Jesus, which is awesome. Obviously, they didn't want to. But it's the same way. If you do not know what to say, just say, you know what? I was lost. I talk about your life before you encountered Christ and then say, and then I accepted Jesus Christ and he forgave me of my sins. I don't know how it all works. Uh, But it's simple. You had an encounter with Christ and he changed your life. That's really all you need to share. The next excuse They've already heard. They've already heard. 
It's important to note that repetition is very valuable. Uh, it takes an average of 7.6 times for people to hear the gospel before giving their life to Jesus. And you don't know if this conversation is going to be their first conversation, their third conversation, their fifth conversation. Maybe it's conversation 7.6, and they do accept him. So the key is just to be faithful. Just to be faithful. Our next excuse is, I'm just lazy. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I'm just lazy. Believe it or not, this is one of the reasons people give for not being a witness. How do you think when God feels when we say we are lazy while multitudes of people are dying and on their way to hell. Uh, somebody put it like this, if you gave $1,000 every time you shared your faith in Jesus Christ, would you share your faith? If God gave you $1,000 every time you shared your faith in, uh, with Jesus, would you do it? I'm pretty sure everybody in here would quit their jobs today and become full-time evangelists. Uh, but if you put it like that, it sort of puts us to shame. It puts us to shame. We, can, uh, we, we must repent, and I'm including myself in this, of the fact that we would share Jesus for measly dollar bills instead of sharing him for the unconditional love that he has for each and every one of us. Our next excuse, I can't answer your questions. What if they ask me something hard? What if they ask me something hard? What, what do I say? I don't, know. I don't know how to respond. I know the basics, but I don't know how to respond. There is nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. And you could even, after you say, I don't know, you could say, but I will find out, or I will try to find out, or let me ask someone. Um, evangelizing, sharing your faith will help you grow spiritually. It forces you to dig deeper in his word and find answers. Uh, Rob said this last week, um, that we had this discussion uh, a couple weeks ago about evangelism and discipleship, and really, they're two sides to the same coin. And we look at it, and, and again, we, we sort of balance each other out really well. And um, he, said, he was saying that, you know, as we equip and as we, we focus on discipleship, that the people, uh, we will understand God's heart for the people, and, and therefore, we will uh, be compelled to share his word more. And I'm like, yes, that is true. It is. It's 100% true. My angle is, as we evangelize and we tell people about Christ, we're going to be challenged and it's going to dig us, uh, send us deeper into being equipped and learning more. And so it's this sort of cycle. As you're sharing your faith, you're going to learn more and become more connected with the heart of Christ. And it's going to compel you to share Jesus more. And then it's going to stretch you out and you're going to need to... And it, 
So it's, it's two sides of the same coin. And so uh, I, would, I would just challenge you, if you want to grow spiritually, start sharing your faith. You will be challenged. All right. So our second point, we know that God doesn't want, you know, any of our excuses and we're, we're done excusing this uh, lack of sharing the gospel. So what do we need to do? Well, we need to start out with having an e- eternal perspective. Having an eternal perspective. And one thing that uh, the pastor of my church would say over and over again is that there are only two things eternal. The word of God and the souls of men. The word of God and the souls of men. And so, uh, as we uh, think about having an eternal perspective, let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, 4.18, and it says this, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what, we, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. A lot of times we don't share our faith is because we're just focusing on what is seen. On what is seen. Um, there's this really bad movie in the 80s. Um, I forget what it's called right now, but it has... Uh, Roddy Piper in it, and there's these alien like he li- they live. That's it. They live. Yeah, and they put he puts these glasses on and he sees that there's this alien invasion and they're just lulling humanity to sleep. And so he puts on these glasses and he can see these lizard people. I know it's sort of out there, and <laughs> I remember watching it on TV with, and anyway. But they put the glass and see things how they really are. And it's sort of the same thing. When we start thinking eternally, we, we put on these glasses and we start seeing that really these things that occupy our mind and we worry about and we lose sleep, they just really don't matter in the light of eternity. And um, as, as we talk about eternal beings, we need to focus on what is unseen if we could just put our eternal glasses on and focus on that, it will compel us and it will make a difference as we try to share our faith. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, He has made everything beautiful in, his, in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. And so there's this idea, and I'm sure with I don't know where you are with your relationship with Jesus Christ, but just the fact that you are in a church probably tells me at some point you have felt that thing inside that says, I am, there's something more than just to life than just this. God has put that on your heart. We are eternal beings. And so really there's, uh, I've heard an evangelist say this, there's really no such thing as atheists. There's just people who suppress truth. They're just truth suppressors. And they just shove that feeling of eternity just down and just hide it away and ignore it. 
but we are eternal beings. And as eternal beings, we have an eternal problem. You see, the, the sin, the, the rebellion that we have against God, it's just in our nature. And that sin, it separates us from Christ, from God for eternity. But the great thing is it doesn't end there. It is an eternal problem, but we also have an eternal answer. And that's when Jesus Christ came about 2,000 years ago, died on the cross, and he took our sins, he took my sin, he took your sin, and he took it on the cross so we don't have to be punished with that. And when we trust him and believe in that, that's when we have eternal life. And so we have the eternal answer, and as we talk to people, and as you come into contact with people, you want them to start thinking about eternity. People can't accept Jesus Christ if they don't know that they need him. And so we need to sort of strive after that and sort of prod and figure out how to get them thinking about eternity. And the best way to do it is to just say, hey, what's going to happen in 150 years? Start thinking, after all this is gone in, in, in 150 years from now, um, it's not going to matter the money you made or anything else. The only thing important is, did you know the God who created you? And, and you, uh, where are you headed in one of those two directions? If you're going to be uh, forever with him in eternity in heaven or in eternity in hell. And that's the most important thing. So we need to have an eternal perspective. The next thing uh, I want to share, the third point, this is my final point, is that we cannot lose by sharing Christ. We cannot lose by sharing Christ. Now, I wouldn't say I'm a gambler, but I do like making things a little more interesting uh, with my friends or with my kids. And typically... Uh, I like to make things interesting when I know the f odds are stacked in my favor. I've won a ton of things for my kids. I get them to do chores. I get them to do other things just by saying, hey, I bet you I can do this. Or I'll beat you in this. It's great. Um, but one of the things that is a win-win situation is sharing Christ. It's sharing Christ. We only lose when we don't share our faith. Every time it's a winning situation. And let me say this. Uh, there's only three things that can happen. Three things that can happen whenever you share your faith. The first one is a person can accept Christ. That's awesome. That's great. That's, I mean, that's the goal, right? That's not what we're called to do. We're just called to share. Everything else is up to God, which also takes a lot of the pressure off takes a lot of the pressure off. The person can accept Christ when we share our faith, and that's great. The second one is the person may reject Christ. And as we, we learned earlier, uh, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting the message. It's okay to hear no. It's okay. 
In fact, it says this in Luke 6, 22. It says, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and they insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. And so even when they reject us, and if they reject us in a very demeaning way, if we have our... Uh, eternal perspective we're winning we get rewarded for that we get rewarded for those insults i think that's pretty cool we win that's awesome i like those odds the third thing that can happen is we can plant a seed we can plant a seed and the person might not accept uh the gospel that day they might not make a decision that day but it could be one of 7.6 opportunities. One of five. One of one of a hundred. But we are being faithful in sharing his message. The only time we lose is when we don't share our faith. Every other time is a winning situation. And now let's go to our application questions. The first one, and this is the most important question of your life. Have you made Christ the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life? Have you made Christ the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life? If you have, that's awesome. I hope you have. But if you are in here and you have yet to make that decision, I will hope it today is the day. Please talk to one of us, anybody you've seen here on stage, uh, Pastor Rob, myself, anybody on staff. We would love to have that conversation just to make sure that you've made Jesus the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. The second application question, how fluent are you in communicating the gospel? How fluent are you in communicating the gospel? Here's the thing. One, when you're learning a second language, you understand before you're able to speak. And so you can hear a lot, you can understand a lot, but you can't quite express yourself. And so perhaps you've made the decision to follow Christ uh, but yet you don't know how to articulate that. That's fine. But let me challenge you to learn how to express that. There's a, many great resources out there. There's one that I'm going to say. It's an app. It's called Life in Six Words. Look it up on your phone. Life in Six Words. It's uh, from a great ministry called Dare to Share. Uh, the ministry is uh, it's aimed at teenagers and students but it's applicable for everybody. And so uh, I just recommend that. If you want to learn, there's an app, and you can, it's pretty much you're just swiping and presenting the gospel to people. If you don't know what to say, just hand them the app and just let them swipe. It's that easy. How fluent are you in communicating the gospel? The last question is, who are you going to have a gospel conversation with this week? 
Ooh, now we got to do something. Who are you going to have a gospel conversation with this week? Now, we have a tool in the back. It's just this little card here. I don't know, it's about three inches by three inches, and it says, pray, invest, invite. We call it pi squared, okay? Pray, invest, invite. And on the back, it has a, a place for you to write down a name of a family member or a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, classmate, or just anybody that you meet, maybe a divine opportunity. And you can write their names down and just pray for them. You pray for them and just ask God, how can I share your word with them? And then, uh, obviously, that's the prayer part. And then the invest part is just figuring out a way how you can bless them, how you can be available, listen to them, talk to them, and just show that you care about them. And then the last part is invite. Invite them to church. That's a great thing that you can do. Or just invite them to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so this is just an easy tool that we have on back and, uh, in the back. And just my challenge for you for this application here is uh, use this. It's an awesome tool. So who are you going to have a conversation with this week? Now, this is our third service here at this new location, and we are uh, just so thrilled to be here. Um, what an awesome building. Uh, building. We can have coffee inside, uh, which is great. Uh, there's a playground for the kids. That's, and it's just, uh, it feels like our church is having a lot of momentum. And I'm really, I really feel this, and I have no reason why to say this. It's not like God is speaking to me or anything like that. But I feel like we have some big things in store for the future here. And not only is it just for this church, and, and I don't want you guys to just watch and witness. I feel like what's in store for our, our church is something that we all are going to participate in. And that's the thing. Uh, God's church, again, is not a spectator sport. God didn't say, go, some of you go, just, just some. The others root them on. No, this is a thing for everybody. Everybody. And so as we think about and as we're praying about and as we're dreaming about what is God going to do here at this location, uh, I'm excited to see what everybody is going to be doing, how you guys are going to get involved. And a great way to do this is just by sharing your faith, inviting people to church, and watching God work through this body. It's not a spectator sport. I love sports. I've been a, a player. I've sat on the bench. I've watched from the stands. And just let me tell you, it is so much more fun when you're actively participating. And so, again, I'm excited to see what God is going to be doing, what God is going to be doing through all of us here at Hope Church in this new location, uh, along with Fellowship of Oak Brook. It is excited, exciting uh, to, to think about. And so with that, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, uh, for this awesome message, Lord. Uh, Father, again, it doesn't make much sense why you chose us, why you chose this way. 
but Lord, help us to be obedient to you. Father, help us to live with an eternal perspective, see people for who they really are, see people uh, just in, with the reality of their situation. And Lord, help us to not be shy about sharing your word. We love you, Father, uh, and we are just uh, excited to see what you're going to do here at Hope Church in this location, Lord. We love you, and we pray this in your son's name. Amen.